from 07 to 09, it was healing from the car crash and trying to determine who am I becoming? When something devastating like that happens, you yourself and perhaps your family and your loved ones, they want you to go back to the person you were before this tremendous injury or whatnot happened. And you may want that too, but you may not know what that is anymore. So is all you can do is move forward, whatever that looks like. So I tried to take with me the parts that remained and to hone those skills, the things that were positive and good that remained, and then be open to where I was becoming and what was being put in front of me. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. The end of the year is upon us, and most likely it has you thinking very intentionally about what you want to create for yourself and your business in the year ahead. And if those thoughts are leading you to visualizing a business that is making you more money, with more harmony and happiness while doing it, then I would highly encourage you to apply for my one-year private coaching program. You know me. You know I practice and I preach creating a business that you love, one that is profitable, productive, and enjoyable for you. And in the years that I have worked privately with incredible women entrepreneurs just like you, I've had the privilege of seeing just how powerful it is to put the right clarity, the right focus, and intentional actions into our businesses. And most importantly, how doing so brings results well beyond anything that we could have imagined. This is why I'm opening up just nine more spots for my one-year private coaching program. And if you are done feeling the pain of financially struggling in your business or feeling confused about what you should be focusing on or just flat out not doing what you love every day, then go apply today. bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. Hey, it's Ashley with Plant Centered Prep, and I'm committing to Katie's one-year private coaching program because, honestly, I've been trying to build a business on my own for years and haven't gotten anywhere. I've failed numerous times and have felt defeated over and over again. And it's not that I lack the drive, ambition, or passion. I mean, most of us women have a lot of that to offer. It's just that I don't have that business mindset. So this next year, I am so excited to finally be making an investment in myself as a woman who wants to run her own business and in what I truly believe to be my life's work and passion. I'm so looking forward to gaining clarity with my all-over-the-place ideas, having Katie's guidance and accountability along the way, and really just creating actionable steps that help me achieve my goals. I want to start laying a solid foundation for my business that will ultimately set me up for success, which I really feel like will in turn help me better serve my target community. So I cannot wait for this upcoming year. Katie has such a contagious 
motivating spirit, and she's a wealth of knowledge. I have a feeling I am going to be amazed at what I can create with Katie's expertise along the way. To find out more about my one-year private coaching program and apply, go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. Applications are being reviewed as they come in and spots will fill on a first come first serve basis. Girl, it is time for you to live that dream business that you have always wanted. Let's make it happen together. Bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. In 2007, Karen Mertez was hit by a drunk driver as she was driving on the highway. That driver was going 100 miles an hour. She was an active duty lieutenant colonel in the United States Air Force, and as she saw her life flash before her eyes that night, she knew that life would never be the same. Her near-fatal car crash became a turning point for her. She was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury and knew that she was going to have to relearn who she was and who she was going to be in the world. She made a promise to herself that night that if she survived, she would spend her life in service to others. And all these years later, that's exactly what she's doing. In 2010, she created Fulfill Your Destiny, a 501c3 nonprofit program that helps entrepreneurs get the leg up that they need during a difficult time or after a life-altering event. She does this through her signature program called Business Builder Grants that awards business owners in the Tampa Bay area $1,000 scholarships that allows them to purchase or invest in items they desperately need to move to the next levels in their company. During this incredible conversation, Karen shares how and why she's structured her nonprofit in a way that is very entrepreneurial with little to no administrative costs so that her donors know that their monies are going directly to the recipients of the grants. How she manages scaling herself by leveraging community members and organizations. She also talks about how she's dealt with the emotional impacts early on after her accident, where who she was and who she was now going to be completely clashed. She talks about her philosophy that every business owner can really work in some sort of give back programming into their business model and why her scholarships are having a ripple effect in the community because of it. And finally, we discuss her view of life balance and her unapologetic ways of living and breathing in her mission. Karen is absolutely incredible, and I know you're going to take away so much more than the practical parts of business we discuss. I promise you, this interview will leave you feeling inspired. Karen, I am so honored and excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Katie, for having me. Now, you and I, I feel like we've run into each other in the past at the very least. My husband has known about you for a long time and I just got a giant elbow in my side because I told him you were coming on the show and he was like, I told you to get her on the show years ago. Why didn't you listen? <laughs> and I embarrassingly said, I know you probably did. And that was probably a moment that you know I just wasn't listening to you. And, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I've got her on the show now. And he said the same thing to me that I said when our mutual friend Dean Akers connected us just weeks ago. Wow, this woman is incredible. Her story needs to be shared. And I feel like the women who are part of the Biz Women Rock community, the listeners of this podcast can really benefit from the story and the business aspect of what you're doing. So, And, and that's exactly what he told me 
years ago, but we'll save that marriage controversy for later. (laughs) So I'm really happy to have you on the show. I would love to start with knowing where you were when you had just gotten into your accident, you realized that you had a traumatic brain injury, you're moving through all the physical and emotional stuff that comes along on the back end of that. I would love to have you describe the moment when you realized, I need to create something out of this. And that thing might look like a business. It might look like an organization or a nonprofit that could help people. Like, How did you get there? And how long had it been since your accident until that moment came about? It was actually at the scene, the night of the crash, that I made a promise that if I were fortunate enough to survive, I would spend the rest of my life helping other people. Now, I didn't know it at that moment, but that really was the genesis of what has become Fulfill Your Destiny. Fulfill Your Destiny officially started on September 1st of 2010. The crash was in February of 2007, so about three and a half years later. When you were thinking about like, okay, what is this Fulfill Your Destiny going to be? Obviously, it took some time for that to manifest like from this general, I'm going to help other people to here's exactly how I'm going to help other people. Can you describe what Fulfill Your Destiny at that time looked like back in 2010? What was that vision in your head? What was it going to provide? How was it going to be set up? Back then, Fulfill Your Destiny, I designed it to want to help people. And I thought, well, the best way to do that is to be a 501c3 nonprofit organization because it helps the donors just as much as it does the recipients. But I want it to be very, very different because there are literally millions of nonprofits across our country. And so I said, you know, I'm going to be entrepreneurial in how I design it. And I'm going to hire myself out as a professional motivational speaker, a leadership consultant. I've since written a book and contributed to three other books and all the proceeds of, especially the one I authored, Plaintiff 101, go directly to my charity as well. So what are the things that I can personally do that can be revenue generating? And instead of having people pay me personally, have them pay my nonprofit. And then, oh, by the way, they get tremendous tax deductions. And then depending at the level, they can have input into the people that are helped. That's a really great strategy and a really great mindset about it. Like, how can I hire myself under the banner of the nonprofit because it helps all parties involved, really? It makes it an easier yes, right? Yes. There is, though, the practicalities of like setting up a 501c3 or setting up a nonprofit. In my experience, which has been very little, I have not ever set up a nonprofit. But I have dealt with many a client and many women business owners who have either started that process or have gone through that process. And it has seemed from an outsider's perspective to be very rigorous and to be very long, typically. Was that your experience? And how did you deal with the frustration that might have come along in trying to get that all set up? Well, I have a great resource for you, Katie, and all of the listeners. And it is Floyd Green. And he is an accountant in the state of Georgia. And he has been involved with getting the 501c3 approvals for thousands of nonprofits. And at that time, and I think even still today, he has a 100% approval rating. 
of everybody that works with him and applies to be 501c3s ultimately get it. So the amount of time that it took was just a matter of a few short weeks versus wow. you know, sometimes you hear horror stories. Of years. I've heard years. Many months at least sometimes. Yes. Wow. Okay. I'm definitely including his information in the show notes for this particular episode. Part of what I wanted to make sure that we spoke about today was your big why behind why you created this. Let's start though with what Fulfill Your Destiny is. It obviously is a model. It is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit. But what does it serve? Who does it serve? How does it serve? It's really great at giving people that are in need of second chances financial help to achieve their next level. So the signature program is awarding business builder grants to entrepreneurs that perhaps have had some life-changing event of their own and desire to take their business to its next level and therefore would benefit from a $1,000 grant. Other people along the way, you know, when I started in 2010, so folks can go to the website for fillyourdestiny.org and see a few different categories, um, business owners, veterans and their families, citizens overcoming challenges, and other community nonprofits as well. But the direction that I've gone the last couple of years is really become my signature program of looking for identifying these businesses through partnerships that I have and then awarding these grants. I love that. And really all of this is driven by your experience of really feeling like you were given a second chance after your near fatal crash, right? Yes. You know, given the second chance, making the promise to forever spend my time helping other people. And then I had a you know, career change. I was an active duty Lieutenant Colonel in our United States Air Force, and my specialty was in the Chief Financial Officer and the Comptroller career field, and I, you know, could no longer do that, and so I retired from the military, and I actually, in the very, very beginning, did some bookkeeping using QuickBooks, and I bought the QuickBooks to service the client. Well, it was about a $500 software package back in the day, and I had the money and I bought it. But that's actually where the beginnings of the business builder grants got started. Because what happens if people don't have that money to take their business to its next level? And there are about 70% of people in our country that don't have $1,000 in a savings account they can draw on should something happen. So I apply that percentage to businesses. There are many small business owners, entrepreneurs. They might be doing okay, but they cannot get to their next level without some type of help. And to my knowledge, there is nobody out there helping these people. Mm. And so I'm looking for people that have been in business you know, for a little while or a long time, but in our seat, you know, wanting to grow, but can't without that infusion of that $1,000 grant. From a business perspective, it seems to me like what you manage on a day-to-day basis is two-sided. You manage the recipients of these awards, right? The recipients of these grants and sort of have, from business speak, marketing and different processes that help you attract these people who want to access these grants. And then you've got this whole other side called 
the donors and really maintaining and building relationships with people who would continue to be donors for you and supporters and sponsors so that you can give away these grants. What is your biggest challenge in managing both of those clients, I would say, like both of those different types of people? Because it's a very different strategy for each of them. Well, I respect people, all people, and I respect money. And so I realized along the way that to do justice to all parties, I should partner with people in the community to help me identify quality recipients of the $1,000 grants. I focus a large portion of my time creating programs, entrepreneurial programs that are revenue generating for the nonprofit for Fill Your Destiny. And as you said, cultivating the relationships both with the donors at all levels. So then to honor those relationships appropriately, I've partnered with members in the community, organizations in the community to help me award the grants. And so that way I can do justice to both and extend myself rather than trying to do it all by myself. I love that you're saying that because one of the things that we had spoken about is that there's really little to no administrative costs to run your organization because you're really taking on so much of those responsibilities. And here's where I'm seeing that part of those responsibilities are are really being given to you or supported by community members. Was that a conscious decision to take on the financial responsibilities of this nonprofit so that it didn't really come with a lot of financial costs? Yes. There's a saying that when you take care of your financial needs, when those are met, you become financially free in life. Yeah. So I said, all right, I don't need to take a salary to operate my nonprofit. And how else can I be totally unique and different. I said, oh, I've got an idea. I'm going to pay for the administrative costs personally. And how I do that is, you know, Fulfill Your Destiny has a checkbook and a credit card, of course, and I charge and pay things with it on a monthly basis. But then I go back and reconcile and write a personal check back to the nonprofit. Mm. And I donate an additional 10% to all incoming donations in honor of the donor. So all sponsorships are matched speaking engagements, various things, they're all matched by an additional 10% by me. And that's, again, honoring the fact that I respect all people and I respect money. What better way to prove it to people than by having my own skin in the game, if you will? Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is, right? (laughs) What that really means is a full 110% and really more when you think about it, but we say 110% goes towards helping people and goes towards, you know, the programming. So if people were to look at the percentage of Fulfill Your Destiny, zero to costs and 110% to helping people. Goes to the programming, which speaks so loudly to the person who wants to sponsor or be a donor because they know that their dollars are going directly to the recipients, that they're going directly to the programming. That's right. They get an automatic 10% return on their investment. So their $100 becomes $110, $1,000, it becomes $1,100 as an example. And then all that money goes towards helping people. Karen, I would love to go back just a little bit into the space of those three years. In 2007, when you had your accident and those three years that it took to 
get Fulfill Your Destiny off the ground officially. Obviously, by that point, obviously by 2010, you were super focused, knew what you wanted to do and were of capacity to do it. What were those 3 years like? Because I would imagine that as somebody who is obviously as driven as you, obviously as purposeful as you, that is a major life circumstance. Like That is a major life shift that happens that was out of your control. So I would love to know a little bit more about what was going on with you to process the injury that you had, the accident that happened, and who you were becoming during that time? Yes. Part of the reason that I honor the promise is A, I'm a woman of my word. And B, if I didn't, then the drunk driver would win in changing my life, but not for the better. And I say by choosing to be better and not bitter. I take my power back and then I can be of service and help and hopefully inspire a lot of people along the way. Now, the three years, you know, part of that, I was still active duty military and I had planned to go longer than 20 years of service, but, you know, sustaining the traumatic brain injury at the scene of the crash and then trying to recover from that, it was just deemed appropriate that I retire right at the 20-year point, which was in uh, 2009. Mm. From 07 to 09, it was healing from the car crash and trying to determine who am I becoming. When something devastating like that happens, you yourself and perhaps your family and your loved ones, they want you to go back to the person you were before this tremendous injury or whatnot happened. And you may want that too, but you may not know what that is anymore. So move forward, whatever that looks like. So I tried to take with me the parts that remained and to hone those skills, the things that were positive and good that remained, and then be open to who I was becoming and what was being put in front of me. Did you have tools or things that you were doing at the time to help you discover what that was? Because I would imagine that that felt really frustrating in the sense of, I used to be able to do this, or I used to be able to run at this pace, or I used to be able to think about things this way. And now I'm not really doing that. So what helped you in those moments when probably the expectations of the past, just for yourself, not even just for your family and friends who sort of had those expectations on you, but internally, how did you manage and maybe practical ways that you managed with what the expectations were for you from your past life versus and clashed with who you now were in order for you to make those decisions and who you were choosing to become? I love that term that you use, like, who am I now, right? Who am I going to become? Did you have any practical tools or tips or methods or things that you did to help you get clarity over that or maybe release yourself from expectation on that and really embrace the new path that you were on? Well, you know, I remember at the four-month point that I made a mistake at my computer and I actually pushed back my chair and started laughing and gave myself permission to make a mistake And to know that how I was at that time may not be how I would be forever. And as time went on to 
fight trying to get back and just assessing who I was and looking forward. Mm. But it, yes, it was incredibly challenging. And, you know, I didn't have a mark on my face. So the brain injury is inside and it's something that people don't see. And so, you know, it would frustrate people when I didn't know something that I had known before and I had to relearn it. We're all human. Some people have more patience with others to include ourselves. So, yes, it was a very, very difficult time. And to lose my career and something that I had planned to do for, say, 30 years in service to our country and then realizing that, no, that is not what's in store. You know, my career essentially ended the night of the crash, though I didn't know it then. Right. And I just, yeah, I have to say this, I just so honor you. And it's so obvious by your story that you've got a fire that is just not going to get put out, (laughs) you know? And I really want to draw some light to this and attention to this because I feel like Every woman, I've been really, really blessed in my life that just about every woman that I've encountered has this fire. We're just all here to do some major stuff in the world, whether it's in our little tiny house, geographically targeted to our house and our family, or whether it's massive on a mass scale. But the commonality, at least in my arena, is that we want to do it. We use this business as a vehicle to do that work and to really live out our lights and to make the impact. And it's always fueled by personal story, personal experience, something that made a difference in our lives in the past or something that shook things up in our lives in the past. Like I promise you, like interview after interview is always really beautiful businesses that provide incredible services that help people on the other end of that, fueled by a personal something, right? And I just love that you are such a good and amazing personalization of that model. And it's worth noting that your model goes even further than that. When I first discovered sort of how your nonprofit works, the term that came to my mind was pay it forward. Because in what you do in providing these $1,000 scholarships to business owners who need that, who really need that to be able to like push through to the next level and be able to do some things that they really know that they want to do. And that gives them that extra breath in that particular moment to do it. They then are able to better serve their clients and their community and their families. So like it has this like pay it forward type of an aspect to it that I think is amazing. I think is really powerful. Yes. You know, many of the recipients have a give back philosophy as part of their business plan already. That's one of the, uh, the questions on the application. And so there are examples, you know, one of the recipients, her name is Angela Mickens. She was a social worker for 10 years. Her contract was not renewed and she'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur and have a corporate lawn care business, which she had started and did that but with a push mower, believe it or not, a push mower. Wow. <laughs> applied for a riding lawnmower. And that's exactly, you know, what happened. And I met her at a local Lowe's and we purchased that for her and got it to her. And it enabled her to double the amount of clients that she could take on. So it literally doubled her revenue stream. And it also enabled her to keep offering the service on a reduced sliding scale, helping seniors. 
So mm-hmm. she brought in her social services component and made that part of her own business model. And, you know, there's an, another couple. They have a Evado cattle company where they are having grass-fed beef and providing it to low-income families and whatnot. So they're helping in that way. Another recipient, uh, she has sweet soap confections. And I honored her in a special way, naming the grant after a woman that uh, was dying. Mm. Her grant is the first one in memory of this particular, she was a bank representative. This woman in turn is, she makes soaps, handcrafted soaps. Well, she's developed a soap in honor of the woman that's passing. And then she's going to be donating those profits to charity as well. So people go on to do tremendous things with the grants, not just for themselves, but then, you know, expand that out. And I I think of it sometimes as being dropped into a a puddle or, or any body of water and creating those rings of continuous helping. Yes. The ripple effect, right? Yes. One drop drops in the water and there's this ripple effect across the whole pond, right? Yes. I love that. I love that. So you've had Fulfill Your Destiny for about eight years as of this time that we're talking. How have you grown? How have you evolved as its leader, as its visionary, as its founder throughout all of these years? Well, you know, for the first five years, I did absolutely as much as I possibly could, almost, you know, by myself. And then I realized that if I was going to grow and do the organization and all the people that it can potentially serve justice, I had to actually allow other people to help me. Mm. So that's what I'm doing and, and have done and have brought in, you know, other people that I consult with and are able to multiply the amount of people that we can help. And two, with those local partnerships that I'm able to award grants that way, I've been able to grow that program. Girl, that is a universal lesson for... I'm going to say for every woman, and then we can niche it down even to every woman entrepreneur and every woman leader, right? Like, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this on your own. Come on. You got to get some help. But I love the vantage point that you have for that, which is... If I can live beyond myself, right? Like if I can get help so that my work can be bigger than me, right? we can help more people. Yes. I had a really smart business strategist years and years ago tell me, because I'm a little bit of a control freak. So, uh, and you may identify with this as you listen. He told me, Katie, eight people working at 80% of what you're capable of still equals more than 100% of one person. Do the math on that one. I was like, oh, that's so true. (laughs) Just mathematically, it makes sense, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I would love to know how you really envision Fulfill Your Destiny now. Like after eight years, what is your big hope for what your program can be and can continue to be into the future. What is the big legacy that you really want to leave through this program? Well, my goal is for the community, the listeners, to embrace Fulfill Your Destiny and say, you know, hey, 
we want to tell everyone we know this is really cool. This is different. It's entrepreneurial. All the money goes towards helping people. This needs to be shared. And then the second part to that is that people will embrace the business builder grant opportunity, the sponsors to get involved with that to whatever level they may like. And I also have a spring charity, which is for Fill Your Destiny signature event that I do every year in March. And that's really taken off too. And so for people to take a look at that and, and embrace that. So those are the, the areas that I, I hope that people will really focus on. I love that. And again, we're going to have all of those links to each of those, the event, all of the different ways that you can support as you listen to this in the show notes. Karen, I would love to finalize by asking you, I believe that so many of us who have passion-driven businesses, there's no such thing as like separation of personal and business, right? Like this, we pour who we are into our companies because we see them do the work that we really feel like we're meant to do here in this world at this particular moment and in, in this particular season. Which means that it's we're really prone to burnout because, <laughs> because we love the work that we do and we could drive forward with it all day long. And sometimes there are seasons probably where it's hard to drag you out of the work because it's just like, okay, no, like too much or what have you. How do you personally manage your feeling of being in your work and loving it and also making sure you take care of yourself and making sure that you stay healthy and well and not in burnout? How do you manage that for yourself? I consider life balance as having however long we have on this planet is our life and balance along the way. So I'm not really one to say that I have true balance every single day or at any given time frame. And I do put a lot of energy into Fulfill Your Destiny. It's really, it's with me all the time. But I do it in such a way, like you said, you know, when you enjoy it, it's not really work. But I do schedule in time to take care of me. So I schedule workout time and some personal time to attend to, you know, those things that I must attend to. But the majority of the rest of the time is focused on Fulfill Your Destiny. I love that. And that's how you know a woman lit up about what she's doing, right? <laughs> you're always talking about it. You're always in that conversation. It just, it's fun. It's really fun. I was just visiting um, my home in Arizona and <laughs> I think my mom at some point was like, I mean, do you ever stop talking about business? And I'm like, I just love what I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's not a thing of like, turn it off, but that's not what I grew up in. I grew up in you go to work, it's nine to five or eight to five, it's five o'clock, you shut it off and then you come home and now it's family talk and that's it. So but it's just a totally different way of being, which is why I love... And it always ignites me to speak with women who, again, are really in the thick of doing what they love. I think that's what defines a true entrepreneur. When you, you, know, you don't ever turn it off, you can focus on other things, at least for a while, but it's always in the background. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Karen, it has been such an honor to have you here. I really appreciate you opening up and sharing a little bit more about what your journey has been like and really being able to pull the curtains back on how and why and what your strategy was with your nonprofit and how that's been going along all these years. And again, 
if this really resonated with you and you would love to know a little bit more about Karen's organization, it is specifically here in the Tampa Bay area. However, it is absolutely something to learn from. If you are somebody who wants to implement a nonprofit that sounds very similar or at least similar in setup, I would really encourage you to check out Fulfill Your Destiny, Karen's nonprofit, to see how it works and how she's doing it at such a powerful local level. So Karen, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had... I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode.